Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. There has been a Lemley in the movie business since there has been a movie business. Their beloved art house cinema chain with an astonishing Hollywood legacy has for four generations been dedicated to the art of elevating filmmaking and filmmakers who make them. Responsible for bringing foreign film to Los Angeles and popularizing countless foreign independent films and their filmmakers, the Lemley Theater chain's impact on Hollywood and world cinema cannot be overstated. That is for sure, absolutely true. And uh, this new film, this wonderful new film called Only in Theaters, was directed by actor and director Raphael Sparge, Emmy nominated for directing LA Foodways, as well as our special guest today is one of the family members and one of the most dedicated movie lovers that I know of, and that would be Greg Lemley. Greg and Raphael, welcome to Film School Radio. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. Uh, first of all, uh, this is a, just a real honor to talk to you, Greg. And and Raphael, what inspired you? Well, I, I With all the things that have been swirling around independent theaters and the, the, the travails of independent theater, what inspired you want to do this documentary at this time? You know, uh, really candidly, uh, I didn't set out to make the movie that we made, ultimately. You know, I I... I came to this the way a lot of filmmakers have, which is, you know, kind of um, the beneficiary of Greg and the Lemley kindness. You know, there's so many filmmakers who have essentially been given a leg up. And and I, I was one of them. You know, the story goes essentially that I was at the Royale, which is up in West LA, and there's a remarkable wall done by a wonderful artist named Eva Sullivan. And, and the wall really captures this incredible legacy story, which, um, is astounding, uh, go, you know, <clears throat> immigrant Jews escaping the Holocaust, uh, coming to America, starting this business, and then the family member who got them there, you know, helped navigate that with them is uh, is Carl Lemley, um, who is no less than the founder of Universal Pictures. So, so th- there's there's so much dimension to this story, and and so much immediately to sort of. Right, right off the back of the tomato truck, as it were, like, wow, that's really amazing. And and I and I was pulled in by the legacy story. What then happened is a series of events that then took us down the rabbit hole. And Greg, in his infinite kindness and um, and his, I think, ultimately his commitment to doing something um, substantial and and I, I believe his feelings for, you know, doing a good work and a good film. I mean, film, obviously, as you, as you see through the course of this, of this story is, um, runs through his blood and, and is very much kind of a, both his passion and his mission. And he allowed me to follow him. And, and we did over this very tumultuous 24 month period. Um, we shot, it's two and a half years. It took us to do this if you told me at the beginning <laughs> that it was going to take that long, I might, I might have said, you know, you may want to find another guy. But we ended up sort of, as this sort of unfurled, I guess, we ended up backing up into a story that, while very specific to Greg and his family and to the Lemley circuit of theaters, um, is ultimately really about this much larger, the larger issues in the zeitgeist, what's going on with exhibition, not just obviously in Los Angeles, but around the country and around the world. Uh, we played internationally and and has had as powerful as a response there. 
um, because Greg is so honest and, and the story is so identifiable. Greg Limley is anyone who's lived in Los Angeles for any length of time who who loves to see film, um, your family's name is synonymous with that experience. And um, I can't tell you, I, I could regale you with tales uh, for a long time about films that I saw in your theaters that changed my life in, in ways, just it was a profound experience. Um, my love of cinema predates my my being in a Lemley theater, but being in that in this kind of these citadels of cinema over this many years, and I've been in a lot of Lemley theaters, it's just such an incredible legacy. And I know you, in some ways, celebrate as well as bear the burden of carrying on the tradition of your family from going from way back and. It, when Raphael approached you about doing something like this, what did you feel like that you wanted the world to know? What did what did you want us to understand about your family and about the commitment to cinema? Well, when we started the project, we were actually coming out of one of our best years ever uh, in 2018. Uh, you know, almost 12 months of just you know continuous great box office and, and great films. You know, the idea was more celebratory, I think. At some level, I was very, you know, proud of where we were as a company. Uh, we'd just gotten a new theater open in Glendale after a multi-year process, and we're starting on another one and had several in development. So, you know, we were represented an expansion of, of, of cinema, of, of exhibition, you know, and, and the manner in which we were doing it, allowing us to be in control of our own destiny by owning the dirt uh, where we were building most of these theaters you know, was also a way of saying, you know, I saw what happened to the Lincoln Plaza in New York. Uh, it was, you know, possibly the most important art house in the country, uh, setting the standard for for the entire nation. And, you know, it was just sad. And I was the idea of I wanted to celebrate the idea that that wasn't going to happen here in L.A. We were going to make sure that that these uh, these important venues that serve the public and, and serve the filmmaking community were going to stick around. As Raphael points out, you know, reality intervened. <laughs> yeah. I remember in February of 2020, and the first time I heard anything of note about what was going to happen. And I, I, you don't think about any sort of the ramifications beyond there is this strange virus that seems to be going around and we're not sure, but come on, you know, you're not expecting the sort of catastrophic impact that it had. And, yeah. and to hear and to as someone who would go to the theater as often as, as I do and realizing fairly quickly that this was going to probably impact that experience. Did you have an inkling in February of 2020 what might be over the horizon? No idea. I mean, you know, we were hearing reports out of out of China of, of, of the virus, um, you know, but we've heard those reports, you know, over the past 10 years with with SARS and MERS and, and you know, and um uh, swine 09 and all these different things so you know the hope was it was going to be another one of those situations where this was something that would not pan out to be as uh, virulent or as as um it's just catastrophic to society as as it ended up being but uh, the idea that we would be shut down uh the idea that we would end up being shut down for 13 months i mean just couldn't conceive of it well Raphael, um you know this documentary only in theaters about the Lemley family what you mentioned it, you've said as much. This family of 
men and women who have supported each other. I mean, putting aside the, the the theatrical, the theater part, the movie part of it, what a remarkable family. Let's talk a little bit about, as you got to know them and their history as such, what a tremendous impact in the film we see, just what a tremendous impact this family has had in supporting one another. Yeah, to me, the family has always been the way to tell this story. You know, my my family are uh, also uh, Jewish immigrants from Ukraine, from Russia, and uh, you know they escaped the Russian Revolution, and and I they came to New York and they opened the Schmata business um, in the in the Bronx and in the Garment District, and um, uh, there's something about Greg and well the Lemley family that that just felt very familiar to me. There were so many interesting things. There were so many interesting stories. There's so much historically fascinating information. You know, as you tell a story, you're looking for the spine of the story. You're looking for how do I find my way through this so that I can actually stay coherent and not get pulled off by some bright, shiny object and run in some direction and lose lose my footing, you know? And, and, and for me, the family was always the way to tell the story because the hope was... Yeah, Truffaut used to come for lunch, and yeah, you know, Ingmar Bergman hung out with his grandfather, and you know, these these goofy little things, and yeah, they won the French Legion of Honor, but forget all that. They're a Jewish family that really have uh, run this business, you know. I, I always hoped that would be sort of uh, recognizable outside of Los Angeles. That that would translate to every you know family business. I mean, I I think there are there, there are challenges in running any business, any any family business, and that's why I make these allusions in the movie to the last family farm or the last bookstore. These these kinds of uh, moments where you've got four or five generations of of families trying to hold it together and, and keep it going. I believe it's a very American story, and and I and I felt like. The opportunity then was to be able to sort of translate from just being sort of a Hollywood, isn't it cool that we're in Hollywood story to actually being something that translated to a wider audience. And that that's what I that's what I really aspired to. And um I've spent a lot of time with them and and they are genuinely a remarkable family. And and we got to talk to four generations of them, including, you know, Greg's great aunt, who's 103. Uh she's now older than that. Yeah, it was a, it was an astounding. A, a giant look into the canyon, as it were, uh, of this family. It's tradition, and oftentimes traditions get in the way of things that need to change, but in, not in this case. Um, and I, I feel very strongly that there are things that are universal, things that are deserve to be honored and respected. And certainly, I'll, I'll speak for myself for just a minute here, and in, in that I I worked at an art house here in Orange County when I got hired. My interview consisted of what are your five favorite movies <laughs> that's how i got hired what were they what were they okay dr strangelove <laughs> duck soup citizen kane persona and women in love those were my those were my five that i picked i got hired <laughs> and and i got hired to be a projectionist they taught they taught me how to be a projectionist these projectors were from the 30s we were using carbon arc we were sparking them and creating the light that went, went through the lens highly toxic i'm sure <laughs> yeah. in those little booths we were in a very small booth but the thing i'm trying to get to is in within that theater ron and john the people who ran the place they created an, a little artist colony everyone had a thing about being an artist or some version of that and that was the thing that I took away from that. And watching your film only in theaters, Greg, that's how I feel 
strongly watching the people who I see who work there. I think that's what you created as well in your in your theaters, an artist colony for artists and for people who love art. Clearly, not, not only do we love art uh, and, and love movies, but we love sharing it with people. I mean, yeah. you know, people do have moments of epiphany, you know, seeing a film and to, you know, be a part of that, uh, of making that happen. Um, you know, it, it's certainly a thrill for me to hear about it after the fact, but it's a thrill for the employees at the theater when people walk out and just, you know, can't be, you know, how impactful it was. And and whether it's what's on screen or what's going on in their life. I mean, you see a great, you're starting to date somebody and you see a great love story and, you know, your relationship becomes deeper because of that. Yeah. Um, and a few years later, those same people call us up and ask us to do a marriage proposal in the <laughs> auditorium. So there are very few places in our in our societies where where we have these extreme emotions and um you know and share them in a communal environment and movie theaters are one of them yeah it's so important for people to gather it is just such an incredibly important thing i always say and it is said in the film uh, and that is to share an experience with a room full of people in a in the dark yeah and and come out of that theater walking out into the lobby hearing people talking about what they just saw, maybe engaging with somebody who you never would have spoken with be, otherwise, that experience is you cannot, it can't be replicated in the comfort of your own home. It just, no. it just will not be. That's 100%. Um, there's no question. I, I, I went to see Whale the other night in a, in a almost sold out house. It was happened to be at an AMC. I live in New York City. And, and um, you know, th there was a there just was such a swell of emotion in the room. It was a great film, but there was a, just a, such a kind of a, like we all took that trip together, you know, and, and it, and it was, a, it's so important. I, I think, you know, I mean, look, technology has given us this opportunity to be completely alone, right? <laughs> we can, you know, have this sort of the, the uh, fantasy of actually being with people on Facebook and, and actually be completely alone and, and all the other ways. Um, and, and, um, you know we're social animals. Um, we 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 uh, we know that depression and anxiety is way up. Uh, finding opportunities to be in a room with other with other humans is a, uh, I think, an important thing. And and uh, not um, it's not just the pandemic, right? It's it's obviously it's uh, these are trends. Um, and 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 while the pandemic plays into this movie, it's not a pandemic movie. It really is a much larger sort of a question about you know what what's at stake uh what do we lose if if they go away and um and you know and and how important this is to be able to kind of really continue to sort of uh, vote with our feet you know and 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 get to the theaters and i just think it's so important greg that you know going back to when we were basically the early humans to gather around the campfire and to try to explain the unexplainable to try and figure out really what the what is this that we're living and and there is some version of that in my mind in gathering people together in watching someone else's dream that, that's the thing about to me film for so, in so many ways is someone's dream and you're you're sort of experiencing it in your own way is uh, yes yeah uh, what is their story how do we find ourselves in that story exactly um, how do we relate to it how does it help us make sense of uh, of, of our place in the universe yeah, um, it's it's absolutely something that that, that comes in the movie theater. Um, well, you know, and if people are gonna and if people forget that by by force of mandate or uh, you know for force of new technology, I I maintain confidently that they'll come back to it 
again, because it's just, it's irreplicable. The distribution of Only in Theaters has taken an, an unusual approach in that traditionally films open in New York first and then they come to Los Angeles. You seem to have flipped the script a little bit. Why did you take that approach? It certainly speaks to this audience, you know, in, in a city that where Lemley's exist. But, um, I, you know, we're excited at least to be able to sort of see how it does in New York. My hope is that people uh, can see it and be reminded about what going to the theaters means and um you know we speak in in the movie um because we we kind of reference the history of you know when again greg's grandfather and his uncle were um running the theaters in the in the 30s and really 40s and then when the television came in in the 50s everything fell apart seven theaters went down to one and and we were you know at a it was a bleak time uh, the, they were betting on the fact is that people would continue to want to go out and they didn't they just stopped they stayed home with their televisions this new these new devices that they stared at and um and then um late 50s early 60s obviously things returned and we know that there are cycles to things um we that's of course the hope uh that that's the profound hope is that you know we can sort of cycle back the the, the fact is that there are other pressures, uh, including the, you know, the real estate pressures, et cetera. Um, I'm in, I'm in New York, and a whole bunch of theaters have closed here, uh, and and it it doesn't, um, you know, more often than not, they turn into condos, uh, which is sort of the, which is the kind of the, um, there's no one going back from that. So that that's the that's the that's the difficult part of this, and 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 that's what we hope is that, and, I mean, that's what I hope as a filmmaker. I mean, I. You know, I didn't make the film with a cause behind it, but the cause emerged out of the making of it, which is clearly kind of a sense of kind of like, wow, look, look what we have. Let's not realize what we have uh, once it's gone. Um, let's continue to fight for what we have and, and make sure that we keep it uh, because it's precious and, and remarkable. And, and these are <laughs> uh, spiritual experiences that you have on sacred ground in a theater. And, and, uh, I, I know I'm preaching to you to the choir, uh, you know, because I know you understand that. But but it's important to be rem reminded, uh, and, and hopefully, anyway, Greg's journey speaks to that. Yes, it does. And to walk into a theater that is being manned or or staffed by people who love film is it, that's a tremendous experience. Yeah, I I agree. I I hope we went through VHS that was going to wipe out art houses and it, you know, it survived and went and moved forward. Right. Uh, well, I want to thank you both. I, you can find, by the way, if people are want to find out about, about uh, you know, where they can see it, I'll have all this posted at filmschoolradio.com. It'll be there. It's also on your site at only in theaters.com as well. So people can find out more. Yeah, we, we're playing at art houses around the country. We're doing event, you know, cinema and run doing runs, and um, we're it, we're picking up a lot of momentum. We're playing in quite a few places, so it, you don't have to be in L.A. or New York to be able to see it. You can find it in other cities, and and uh, you know, eventually it will it will find its way to some other you know some other platform so that people can watch it at home. But th the hope is that this is a movie. If you're going to go see a movie um, in a theater, uh, that's the hope. It's been a real honor to not only to see the film but also spend some time talking to you about something that's obviously very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, I miss those days. I miss being in that environment. I really do. I truly do. That's and, a great story that you were a projectionist. That's so cool. That's just yeah. what an amazing uh, 
Well, I, I, to both of you, thank you so very much for your time. And thank you so much for Only in Theaters, Raphael Sparge, as well as uh, our special guest, Greg Lemley. Uh, thank you so very much for your work and continue. Fight the good fight. We will hopefully see you somewhere down the line. Thank you. Absolutely. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.